We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. The Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. How, how many makers and cokes have you had? We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Music City Audible podcast presented by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. I am Justin Graver, and joining me, as always, is Justin Mello. How are you doing tonight, Justin? I'm, I'm doing well. Excited to uh, talk about I mean, what is there to talk about, really? We're talking schedule release. That's right. The schedule is out. We already knew who the Titans were playing, but we didn't know when. We didn't know when the bye week would be. We didn't know what kind of primetime games they would have. So we're going to break down our thoughts on the schedule. But first, as always, we're going to kick things off here with some news and notes. A few items of news that happened. The Titans released three back end of the roster guys. Tight end Parker Hesse, who's already been picked up by the Atlanta Falcons and Head coach Art Smith, formerly Parker Hesse's positional coach in Tennessee. They also waived long snapper Matt Orzek and outside linebacker Nate Orchard. They also signed a player. They signed former Jaguars and Chargers defensive back Quentin Meeks, who hasn't really played much. He's been uh, active for 14 games since he was uh, not drafted in 2018 and signed as an undrafted free agent in Jacksonville, but he was a, a a pretty high-level player at Stanford. You actually liked this guy coming out of the draft, right? I did like him coming out. Uh, obviously, it hasn't really worked out for him so far, but I was a fan of his. I, I remember interviewing him at the time prior to the draft, and he, he left a huge impression on me. He was one of the smartest players I had ever interviewed. And, you know, that, that Stanford education and whatnot, you, you could tell that he loved the game and he knew his X's and O's. And he was a really smart, polite guy. I remember that interview actually... Going about 15 and he took up all the time on my recorder. You know, he was he was a big talker. He's such an intelligent guy. Interview goes about 45 minutes. I run out of time. The only time it's ever happened to me, 600 interviews. And he tells me, hey, man, just call me tomorrow and let's pick up where we left off. So really, really smart guy, uh, really polite, uh, loves the game. He was he was a fan favorite on draft Twitter uh, that yeah, year because because he was good, man. He was like you said, he was good at Stanford. So. It obviously hasn't worked out for him uh, so far, but uh, here he comes and he gets another opportunity in Tennessee. And then he'll be joining what is actually turned out to be a pretty crowded cornerback room there in the secondary, and he'll probably try to carve out a role on special teams if he's going to make the team. So that's that news. In other news, on Thursday, the Titans finally announced their UDFA class. They announced 10 undrafted free agents, a punter and a kicker, a few O-linemen, a fullback, Tory Carter, who is their highest-paid UDFA. And you're trying to interview these guys, is that right? That's right. If you're listening to this episode on Friday, um, uh, uh, May 14th, starting next week on Broadway Sports Media, I'm starting to release interviews with some of these guys. I've, I've been spending the last couple of weeks getting to know them, talking to them, understanding how you know they came to Tennessee and signed with the Titans and, and what they're all about. So if you love, you know, I did this last year with the UDFA class. And if you remember, um, I did that over at Music City Miracles. I ended up, you know, I ended up interviewing Nick Westbrook as part of that series. He made the team. I interviewed TR Tart as part of that series. He made the team. So we did a lot of fun interviews with that last year. I'm trying to do the same thing this year. I've already got a lot of them done. Uh, hopefully to hopefully going to knock out a couple more. But if you want to get to know these UDFAs starting Monday, one a day, head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com. I'm dropping an interview a day with these UDFAs. And I, I got at least five or six of them done already. Nice. We definitely look forward to that on Broadway Sports Media. And in other news, lastly, the Titans announced on Thursday that they had signed first-round draft pick Caleb Farley to a contract. And in fact, they announced all at the same time that they announced they've signed five draft picks, including second rounder Dylan Radins, fourth rounder Des Fitzpatrick, and both of their sixth round picks, Racy McMath and Brady Breeze, which means Monty Rice, Elijah Molden, and Rashad Weaver have yet to be signed, which is interesting. You have to wonder if Rashad Weaver's legal status plays any role in him not signing yet, but then you look that there are also two other guys unsigned and wonder if it's relevant at all or if it's just a coincidence or what's going on there. But it's just nice the Titans have already signed five of their five of their eight picks, and I feel like there's been a lot of years where the Titans were one of the last teams to sign, at least to sign their first-round pick. So 
it's it feels good to get that out of the way. Not that not that you really have to worry about it, but it's just nice that it's over with. Yeah, it's definitely nice, especially getting your first and second round pick under contract. It's it's great. Uh, they can go into rookie mini camp and and not have anything on their mind and just really focus on football. And the the rookies arrived at St. Thomas Sports Park on Thursday. Post they were posting stuff on Instagram. Saw a few pictures. Caleb Farley posted a picture talking smack again already. And AJ <laughs> Brown quote tweeted him and said, "Quit talking smack." but I love your attitude and, or something like that. And I love this attitude that Caleb Farley is bringing to the, to the defense and just the swagger and confidence he has is, I mean, some people may not like it and maybe a little over the top at times or may get him into trouble. If he's, if he's like, you know, talking, there was a clip floating around Twitter last week of him saying he's not scared to line up across from Tyreek Hill. And it's like, you know, the Titans play the chiefs. We'll talk about this game week seven, I think. And, um, or week eight, maybe I don't week remember. Seven. Now. No, week seven is correct. Week seven. Yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> Tyreek Hill, if he burns Caleb Farley on a play, like you're, you know, that tweet's going to be circulating on Twitter again, but <laughs> I love the attitude. So I don't know. You, I mean, it might get you into trouble sometimes, but I'd rather a guy be overconfident and cocky than be like meek and scared, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and not to, not to change topics. So I'll make a quick point on Elijah Molden. Man, we're following him on Instagram. Looks like he brought the whole family out to Tennessee. He's got his girlfriend out there. Looks like he's got his mom out there, the whole family. And I look like the first thing they did was go eat some hot chicken at Hattie B's. And I love that's the first thing I do when I get to Nashville. So shout out to Elijah Molden. Same, same. Hattie B's, first stop. I love it. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, he's been really fun on social media. Somebody did a really, really intentionally bad, like funnily bad. I saw that jersey swap and he made his twitter profile picture which is just great hey, um, he loved it he's having fun with it yeah i think he's gonna be a fan favorite really fast all right let's move into the schedule talk here we've got it finally we know when the titans will be playing who they'll be playing so we'll go through it sort of game by game but mostly t- hitting on the high points talking about some where we think the titans drew a bit of a lucky break where they maybe drew an unlucky break some of the challenging parts of their schedule, thoughts on the bye week, thoughts on their primetime games, and games we're looking forward to the most and games we're looking forward to the least. So let's get into it right away. The Titans open the season at home against the Arizona Cardinals on September 12th. They play 12 p.m. Central Standard Time in Nashville, Tennessee. That'll be an interesting game there. A a bit of a tough challenge, I think, drawing the Cardinals in week one, just because I feel like that's a team that maybe gets worse as the season goes along every year. <laughs> and this year, I mean, just because they got a couple of extreme veterans in J.J. Watt and A.J. Green that they signed this offseason, and Kyler Murray is a mobile quarterback who is often in his career, I mean, he's only going into his third year, but has been banged up later on in the season. Um, and I, I don't want to say more like easy to figure out the mobile rushing style, but like I feel like that kind of offense usually starts out hot and then tails off towards the end of the year. So I think it's a bit of a tough draw for the Titans to play them in week one when J.J. Watt and A.J. Green will be fully healthy and probably at their best for this season. Uh, What are your thoughts on this game? I'm really excited about this game, Uh, and I understand every point that you just made, but I'm pumped for it. You know, I think it's going to be a great measuring stick for them right out the gate, and and you left somebody off that, a veteran off that list, who's going to feel pretty disrespected is Malcolm Butler, Another that's guy right. that's that signed with the Cardinals. Well, so, I, I, yeah, I was calling out those two guys specifically for their age, but yeah, that's a great point. Malcolm Butler fair, coming back home already. Fair. Yeah. And, and one of the things that strikes me about this game and I, I find super ironic and, and, and funny in a way is that obviously the Cardinals are not a common opponent, right? Titans only play them once every four years. Yeah. When they line up, you know, across from one another week one, they're going to see JJ Watt. They're going to see Deandre Hopkins. They're going to see Malcolm Butler. AJ Green, who they saw just a year ago. So they see a bunch of guys that they've seen over the last couple of years. Not to mention, I mean, this might be a bit of a reach, but Zaven Collins, who the Cardinals drafted in the first round, who we know the Titans liked, and John Robinson was at Tulsa's Pro Day and worked them out. You don't see that every day, right? Robinson strapped the pads on and, and got some work in with, with Zaven. So uh, interesting game, a lot of familiar faces. And I think it's a great measuring stick. All the things you said there about Kyler, you know, maybe being banged up later on or the offense being easier to figure out later on. I think those are all good points, but I'm excited about it. I, I'm not looking at this as, oh, it's a bit of a bad break 
I think it's a good measuring stick for this new look defense right out the gate. Go up against Kyler Murray. Go up against DeAndre Hopkins. No rest for the wicked. You know what I mean? Go up against Christian Kirk. This is going to be a fun battle. A.J. Brown against Malcolm Butler. Who covers DeAndre Hopkins? Is it Jack Rabbit? Is it Fulton? Is it Farley? I mean, I don't think Titans will shadow him per se, so we'll probably see a little bit of everybody throughout the day. But who draws that main assignment? So I'm excited about that matchup. Uh, it's a great week one uh, game, in my opinion. I agree. I, I'm I, By no means am I trying to suggest the Titans can't win this game. I actually think the Titans probably should win this game if they want to be the playoff team, division right. champion level at team. Home that, too, to start. At home, that they expect to be this season. I think they got to come out with this win at home. But yeah, I think the top narrative that we'll hear about leading up to the game is definitely going to be J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins facing off against Mike Vrabel after they all spent so much time together in Houston. So Malcolm be Butler, a, I mean, that's got to be a big narrative too. Yeah, I agree. Malcolm Butler coming home and the Titans facing off against the guy that they cut because they didn't want to pay this, this off season. So I, I, I doubt many of our listeners are JJ Watt fans, but part of them has got to be smiling ear to ear, right? Well, I mean, they're, they're, the Titans were, I don't know about the favorite, but they were rumored, they were heavy in every talk about where's J.J. Watt going to be heading this offseason because of that connection. They were with on Mike the Rabel, list. So. Yeah, Titans were on yeah, the list. High on the list, I'd say. 18 right. career sacks for J.J. Watt against the Titans. Wow, that's crazy. The most out of any team in the NFL. He's tied, to be <laughs> fair. 18 against Jacksonville as well. He's got 101 sacks. 18 against Tennessee, 18 against Jacksonville. That's crazy. So as That's he, crazy. you know, gets settled into a new environment, new teammates, first game ever, not in a Houston Texans jersey, I imagine some sense of familiarity has got to feel good to him, right? At least he'll be hunting the Titans quarterback. Right. And he'll play the Jaguars this year too, because that's a divisional right. thing. Of course. And he'll play Houston. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's the big one. Uh, that's probably why he chose to sign in Arizona. At least they made the list because they were playing Houston this year. All right, let's move on to week two. Titans traveling to Seattle on September 19th, a, a late afternoon kickoff, 325 Central Standard Time. The Seahawks are one of those teams that I think does the opposite of Arizona. This wasn't the case last year. Last year, they started off really hot and then got bad. But usually the Seahawks are like a middling, struggling team for the first half of the year. And everyone's like, oh, wow, are the Seahawks not good anymore? And then they turn it on and make the playoffs every year. But... Going to Seattle week two, that's a tough stadium to play in. We expect it to be filled with with fans um, back to full stadium capacity. We expect in September. What do you make of this matchup in Seattle? Are we going to go through every game like this? I don't know. We might as well. We, <laughs> I, I guess we could. Um, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one. I mean, it's the furthest road trip they'll make all season long. On one hand, it might be nice to get that out of the way so early. Right when you're super fresh and healthy, I think that's a good thing. If you're gonna have point. to make this trip, I'm sorry. Good point. good point. Yeah, right. If you're if you're gonna make you're gonna make this trip anyway, you might as well do it at the beginning of the year, I guess, when you're fresh and healthy and and fired up and full of energy. But I'll, I'll, I'm gonna say that's the only good thing I'm gonna say about this because going to Seattle is incredibly difficult. Doesn't matter who you are. Got a ton of respect for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. This is a very tough game. I find it very interesting that they're starting the year with two non-conference games, right? Two NFC West opponents in Arizona and Seattle. It's going to be, you know, they're going to be one and one or two and oh, or oh and two by the time they play their first game in the AFC. So that's interesting. It, you know, Seattle's such a tough place to go to. Not that they can't win that game. They can, but it's such a tough place to go to a tough place to win. It almost makes that week one game, you know, almost, I don't want to say must win because I don't know that any week one is must win, but you get what I'm saying a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think the Titans really got to come out of this stretch at least one and one here because just right. from the historical rate of teams that start 0 and 2 and go on to make the playoffs is is very low. Granted, that was a 16 game season, so we'll see how that changes with 17 with the 17th game, but yeah, I think that is important. Going on to week 3, the Titans play their first divisional matchup, their first conference matchup, and their first divisional matchup is at home against the Indianapolis Colts. So they'll see Carson Wentz pretty early on in the year. He'll probably still be healthy. <laughs> um, sorry. Ouch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a big that's a big game there. And you know, the 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 good news about starting with two NFC teams is they give the defense a little bit of time to figure out, you know, it's a lot of new faces that are all have all have to play together. 
And those games out of conference aren't the most important when it comes to tiebreakers and right. things like that. So if they did drop both of those games, the season is certainly not over, although that would be disappointing. They they have plenty they would have plenty of time to turn it around and it would start with this week three home game against Indianapolis. Yeah, it's nice to finally uh week three, like you said, first conference game, first division game. Look, I expect the Colts to be to be pretty good this year. I know listeners probably won't like hearing that. And I've seen lots of people say that, you know, Titans fans say that they don't think they're going to be very good this year. I think they're going to be all right. I mean, I'd be shocked if they're bad or terrible. So it's a big game and certainly it's a two horse race in the AFC South. So it doesn't matter that this is only week three. Um, Anytime it's Titans and Colts, clearly the two best teams in the division, in my opinion, it's a big game. I think the Colts games, like if you want to secure the division, you try to go 2-0. and I mean, obviously, you want to win every single game, so it's kind of a dumb thing to say, but I think, like, going 2-0 and against the Colts would set you up for Huge. success down the stretch and give you a chance to, like, rest players in this longer season towards the end of the year. So we'll talk about that when we get to the second matchup. But going on to Week 4, the Titans travel to New York to play the Jets, and this is a game where the Titans should probably be favored. They might be heavy favorites, but I think... An interesting component to consider is their new coaching staff with Mike LaFleur being Matt LaFleur's brother. And obviously Matt LaFleur was the was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee for a year. And with Robert Sala having been with the 49ers and having co- coached alongside Kyle Shanahan there coaching the defense is, A, this team's offense is going to run the same scheme that the Titans' offense runs. And B, their defense may have a key on how to stop that offense given how their close familiarity with that with Kyle Shanahan these last few years. This is a, this is a, this is a difficult game and underrated. I'm sure a lot of Titans fans aren't looking at it that way. And we don't know how good or, or, or bad, you know, so to speak, the Jets are going to be. But I love the coaching staff, everything you just said there. By the way, Corey Davis, right, uh, playing against Titans. Revenge um, game. Uh, Corey Davis definitely going for 100 yards against the Titans. Like. Corey Davis definitely going for 100 yards against the Titans. And look, I mean, uh, I, I'm not a Jets fan, obviously, but, you know, Zach Wilson at quarterback. They drafted Michael Carter out of North Carolina, who I absolutely love. Elijah Vera Tucker, an offensive lineman that's going to be a hell of a player. They got uh, Becton, right, the big tackle they drafted out of Louisville last year. They drafted Elijah Moore in the second round. Another guy Titans are going to see here that every Titans fan wanted. Don't look now, but this receiver group, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and, and Denzel Mims, the guy they drafted last year I was high on. I love it. How many Titans fans wanted Corey Davis and Elijah Moore in the Tennessee room this coming year? Right. Probably a lot of them, right? So this is a sneaky matchup. A great coaching staff, some exciting young guys. And watch out for the New York Jets. They 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 could surprise people this year. I agree. And watch for after the game on the field when AJ Brown and Elijah Moore do a jersey swap because I guarantee you that that will happen. Yeah, that that's already been settled. That that and that'll be fun seeing them go. Yeah, you know, obviously not. They won't be on the field at the same time, but head to head. Uh, I, I bet they're already looking forward to it. I'm sure they know that they'll be playing one another this year. And uh, that's a great game. That'll be a fun one. If you're a Titans fan, you should try to make it up to that game. You know, New York's a beautiful place, and and that'll be a good one. Definitely an underrated matchup on the schedule here. Uh, the next week, the Titans will travel again on the road down on the East Coast to Jacksonville, Florida, to take on the Jaguars in their second divisional game of the year. First matchup with the Jags, another 12 p.m. Central Standard Time game. Week five on the road at Jacksonville. The only question is, will Derrick Henry run for 100 yards? Or 200 yards. <laughs> or more. Or 300 yards. <laughs> but, you know, th- th- again, seeing Trevor Lawrence for the first time is obviously a great storyline here. Urban Meyer as well. I, I kind of like that it's week five. By then, you'll probably have a good, a pretty good feel on Trevor Lawrence and, and what the Jays are looking like. We don't think they're going to look very good, let's be honest. I mean, uh, that's not to say that Lawrence isn't going to be good, but it's still a young team that you, you assume is going to take their bumps and struggle similar to how the Titans did, you know, a couple of years ago with, with Mariota, you know, that first and second year. So that'll be interesting, but Trevor Lawrence, it's, it's a big matchup. Obviously this is a guy that everyone's expecting to be really good. And, and he's obviously going to start right away. There's no denying that. So Titans will see Lawrence for the first time and they hope they hope it won't be a sign of, of things to come and, and how Andrew Luck dominated the division for and dominated the Titans for so long. Right. And that is one week before Jacksonville travels to London. So maybe their minds will be looking a week ahead to their big international trip. We'll see what happens. Week six is one of the premier matchups on the schedule. And what begins a pretty tough stretch for the Titans. 
They are at least at home, but they will be playing at home against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football, 7.15 p.m. kickoff Central Time. That's their Week 6 matchup. The AFC Championship runner-ups, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. They added Emmanuel Sanders to that offense this offseason. They went defensive heavy the first two rounds of the draft. This is one of the big matchups and a big AFC matchup and could have playoff implications uh, down the line. Huge AFC matchup. Look, uh, uh, quickly, that Jacksonville game, uh, that's one of only two times that they're on the road back-to-back weeks, right? So they come back home here against Buffalo. It's a massive game. It also makes that Jacksonville one more of a must-win, in my opinion, because like you said, this is going to kick off a really difficult stretch for the Titans. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but the next several games are tough. This Buffalo game is one of the ones I'm most looking forward to this season. It's Monday Night Football in Music City against the Bills. Uh, it's almost kind of, I don't want to say a rivalry, but everything that happened last year with, with COVID and the Titans and having to move that Bills game around and then the Titans whooped them uh, with a shorthanded squad and, and Bills fans were angry and all kinds of things. And it was crazy on social media if you were there for that Titans-Bills game. But I'm oh, looking forward to the Titans fan poll, the social media the Titans, the Titans fan, fan poll, poll that- where they accused us of stealing votes, Buying. which we absolutely did not. Of course, we would do. never. But the Buffalo Bills, week six, Monday night football. I'm telling you, this this is one of my top three games on the schedule. It could even be number one. I'm incredibly excited for this game. The only reason it's not number one for me is because of who number one is, which is the following game coming off of that Monday night football game. So a short week, not a lot of time to prepare for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs coming to town week seven. The only good news here is that You don't have to travel neither for that week six Monday night game or for the week seven home game against the Chiefs. October 24th, another 12 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Mahomes coming into Nissan Stadium. That is obviously going to be the toughest matchup on the schedule. One week after playing Josh Allen. This is going to be tough on the defense, obviously. That's the whole that's the whole thing the Chiefs do. They're the most explosive offense in football, we, we assume, as usual. So this game, I mean, if you don't win, if you don't head into this stretch, you know, you got these two games back to back, the the season could turn around quickly in a bad way. Absolutely. And you said it, Patrick Mahomes coming to Tennessee, coming to Nissan Stadium. I mean, wow. Talk about a, a, a fun but difficult stretch. The AFC champions and the AFC champions, AFC runner up in back to back weeks. It's crazy to play Buffalo and Kansas City. Back-to-back, week six, week seven, both games are at home. One of them's in prime time. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. You said it. The Buffalo game is top three. This one is obviously also top three. It's probably my number one as well. I know you said it's your number one. This is a lot of fun, folks, and it doesn't get better than this. And you're right. If they lose both of these games, then then you're in a tough spot, right? And, And the season could get away from you. But if you win both of them, right, on the flip side, then you got to be feeling really good about your season. Right, and remember the last time the Chiefs came to Nissan Stadium, the Titans did win. It took a strip fumble return for touchdown by David Long and Rashawn Evans, and that long Khalif Raymond catch and a long Derrick Henry touchdown run that that helped set that That win up. That was a crazy game. Crazy, fun game, a blocked field goal at the end to seal the deal for the Titans. So a little bit of flukiness involved in the Titans getting that win, but that's football any given Sunday. Hopefully the defense is up to the challenge with all the moves they've made this offseason. Because can the offense keep up? I mean, I think this offense is good enough to keep up with most teams in the NFL, but if there's one or two that I question that about, it's Buffalo and Kansas City, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't get better than this. Buffalo, like, I don't know what else to say. Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, super exciting. Back-to-back weeks, week six, week seven. This is, this is the play, playoff football atmosphere, I, I expect in Nissan Stadium for both of those games. Right. And then the difficult stretch continues as they travel to Indianapolis for what will feel like a must-win division game, no matter what happens in those two preceding contests, just because it's your last chance to beat Indianapolis and establish either a firm division lead or start to come back if you need to come back uh, to catch up to the Colts. So either way, it's going to be a big game, and it's going to be at Indianapolis on Halloween Another 12 p.m. kickoff time, week eight at at the Colts. 
I don't know what else to say except that that's going to be a must-win game. Yeah, it's it's really almost shocking to me that uh, it's week eight and that's it. They're done with the Colts. They won't see them again. Right? Well, was, I mean, what was the last? I'd love to look back. What was the last time that happened? Well, it's just weird to me because they always try to set up these week seventeen matchups, or I guess this year week 18 matchups to be all divisional games so that they have more playoff implications. Like they are open about that. That's the plan for that. And it's just weird that they chose to end this, this season with Jacksonville against Indianapolis and Tennessee against Houston when they easily could have swapped that and, and actually put what most people expect to be the two teams fighting for the division in week 17. So it's just weird. Yeah. Week eight, that's it. You don't play the Colts again. Hopefully you have a good division lead on them. I don't know. Like what else? I, I agree with you. It's a huge surprise to me that they're getting this out of the way this early. And it's not your week 18 matchup or week 17 or yada, yada. Really surprising. And I'll tell you what, whoever doesn't win that week three game is going to have to be playing with a sense of urgency in the rematch in week eight, because you cannot get swept uh, by the other team in, in the division. So it'll be a big, it'll be week eight only, but it'll be a huge one. Right. And then week nine, they stay on the road. You mentioned that they only have two back-to-back road games or two instances of back-to-back road games this year, and this is that other instance. Week nine, they come out to L.A. for a Sunday night football game, 7.20 p.m. kickoff against the Rams. I will be trying my best to go to that game here in Los Angeles. This is number two on the schedule for me just because Sunday night football Los Angeles Rams here in my the city I live in a chance to go to the game. I have this very highly rated and one that I'm definitely looking forward to this season. Well, you would be absolutely crazy not to go to this game. The fact that you already live in Los Angeles and and this being at SoFi Stadium, I mean that that, that giant thing that they built that cost billions and billions of dollars. You better go to this game and I, I, I hate that we all were agreeing, but we have the same top three because it might surprise. This is my other game in my top three. It's against the Rams, Matthew Stafford. It's in L.A. It's primetime SoFi Stadium. I mean, this is a really exciting matchup for me. Sean McVay in that offense, a lot of similar tones to the offense that we run here in Tennessee. So this is going to be a great, great game, and I love that it's on primetime. It's a Sunday nighter, too, and I love the Sunday nighter. Yeah, Sunday night football. Super excited about that. And then their next game on the schedule is back home against the New Orleans Saints, which, in my opinion, continues this tough run. The Saints have been a pretty good team when Drew Brees was not playing the past two seasons. He missed stretches of of games in both seasons, and they did pretty well without him. I I don't know how that's going to go when you don't have him, and either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill is your long-term starter. But by Week 10, we'll have a pretty good idea of who the Saints are. I still think it's going to be a nasty defense, a tough defense to face. Their D-line is is still really stout, even without Trey Hendrickson. So I, in my opinion, this is a fifth tough matchup in a row, but at least you're back home for it. I agree that this is a tough game. You know, I, I know obviously Drew Brees and and the Saints went through a lot of changes and, and the salary cap really impacted them. But I don't know. You, you know, you kind of said it there. They've been good the last couple of years when Drew Brees missed games. Remember what they did with Teddy Bridgewater? pretty much undefeated as a starter what they did last year with Taysom Hill when he came in and started all the games that Breeze missed it wasn't Winston and and, and he made Peyton look great because they were winning with Taysom Hill and he was the hottest player in fantasy football because he had the position flexibility I think yeah. he wasn't a tight end and a quarterback he was or something like that right and I mean this, this is a tough game I fully expect Sean Payton to have this Saints team still playing at a high level, even without Drew Brees. We've seen him do it again in flashes. Yes, now he has to do it for a whole year. It's a different challenge, but it is a tough game. But at least they're at home, just like you said. But definitely not a game that I'm chalking up as an automatic W. I agree. And then after week 10, I think is where the schedule lightens up at least a bit. If you can make it to week 10 at 500, even 5-5 and or better, I think you have a great chance to to claim the division down the stretch. So their week 11 opponent is at home against the Houston Texans, their first matchup with the Texans, their fourth AFC South game of the season. And at this point, you only have one out-of-conference game remaining from weeks 11 through 18. So these games get more important, but I also think the matchups get easier. And it starts with Houston where... I think you got to say Houston has one of, if not the worst roster in the NFL, certainly a bottom tier roster in the NFL, excluding the quarterback position. And we don't know who the quarterback is going to be for Houston right now. 
which can't be easy. I mean, just from a mental standpoint on the team, starting their rookie mini camps and soon to start OTAs and offseason workouts and all this stuff, not even knowing if your starting quarterback is is Watson or Tyrod Taylor or their third round draft pick, Davis Mills. So I think the whole situation in Houston is a disaster. I think most people would agree with that. So I think that this is maybe to this point on the schedule, their easiest game yet. Of course, the divisional element always adds a, a second challenge, but I think this game sh- should be uh, the Titans should be favored by a pretty good amount here. I, I do agree that this is one that they should win. The, the Houston roster is not good. If I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I will for the hell of it, if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback of the Houston Texans, their roster was bad last year. They'll be semi-competitive. I mean, they would have had the f- what fifth. Third pick, third pick in the draft. They would have, they would have had the third worst team. Right, in the NFL. but I mean, do you remember the game? To my point, though, do you remember the games against the Titans last year? Yeah, those were those were definitely shootouts. Titans I won mean, the first one in overtime. I want to say it was yeah, like forty-two to thirty-six. One. Derrick Henry had a huge day, and he won it in overtime. And, and the, the last AJ one Brown was play. the final week. They clinched the division. It took a slam, a slam, slowman, doink kick <laughs> to win that game. Yeah, so yeah. They, they did not have a good roster last year. I think you can make the case that it's probably even worse this year. And I would say that that's fair, but they were not good last year. You said it, they would have had a top three pick had they had their own pick, but the, it was Deshaun Watson is back there. He might push the Titans a little bit and give, and give them a run yeah. for their money. He did it last season. So uh, Titans should win it. this game, but uh, yeah. if, if Watson is there, it probably won't be as easy as we're thinking right now. You just have to hope the Titans' defense is better than allowing Houston right. to score 40 points again. Yes, but, and that's um, a fair point. His defense was so horrible last year. A guy like Deshaun Watson is going to put up points against that defense no, no matter who he has at receiver and so on. But uh, it, I, I'm just trying to make the point here that I'm sure a lot of Titans fans saw the schedule and said, oh, that's a W, and it probably should be. But if Deshaun Watson is still there, it's not going to be as easy as you think it is. Yeah, and you can never really look at the schedule and chalk up wins and losses because you just never are right about any of it. It's always yeah. flipped of what you Cincinnati think. Bengals last year. I'll never forget that one. Right. Still sticks uh, out to me as such an anomaly. Yeah, and that's what happens in the NFL any given Sunday. Um, week 12, the Titans will travel to New England. Mike Rabel and John Robinson going up to New England to take on their mentor, Bill Belichick, on November 28th, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is their last Titans last game before the bye. Who knows if they'll be facing off against Cam Newton or another rookie quarterback in Mac Jones after already having played, we think, where we we are pretty sure will be Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence earlier in the year. They might get Mac Jones November 28th at New England. What do you think about this game? I was going to say, is this going to be Mac Jones? I, I feel like it could be. I feel like it will be. And, and that'll week be 12, interesting. I would guess that it will be Mac Jones. Me too. Yes. I'm going to say it will be Mac Jones. And I keep bringing up the the players coming back here. Now I said, Corey Davis with the jets. How about John new Smith? Yep. Playing against the Titans, obviously for the first time. So um, I, I don't know what to make of new England. I'm going to be honest with you. I think last year they would have been a little bit better. if They had better quarterback play. I mean, that's, Probably goes without saying. Every team in the league and that's not good could use better <laughs> quarterback play. But I felt like, you know, Cam down the stretch held them back a little bit. They had a lot of opt-outs last year. People forget about that. A lot of good players opted out. They're getting a lot of those guys back. They've made a couple trades. They made a lot of big moves in free agency. John New Smith, we talked about. Hunter Henry. Uh, I believe they went out and got Nelson Aguilar. Kendrick Bourne. Bunch of new pass catchers there. They didn't have any of them last year, really. So, it's going to be a very different looking New England Patriots team this year. And, and I think Bill Bilicek uh, will have this team on the right track again. And it'll come down to the QB play. That's right. And it usually does. But Mike Vrabel is 2-0 and against Belichick, including postseason in his That's career. Right. So maybe he can keep that going. Then the Titans are off. Week 13 by. And I've talked to people here. I think people are split on liking versus not liking this by. Personally, I think a week 13 buy is perfect. I know it's a little bit later. A lot of people like to shoot for that week eight, week nine buy and be perfectly midseason. But I think if you're a team that expects to make the playoffs, which the Titans obviously are, that late buy is so nice to to rest up and gear up for the final stretch when, you know, I mean, week eight or nine might be the middle of the regular season. But if you're trying to make a Super Bowl run or, or a championship run, 
week 13 is the middle of your season. So you do need that that later by to really have that mid-season rest if you're counting the playoffs. So I'm a big fan of the week 13 bye. I think you make a great point. I'm a little split on this. It's certainly a little late. If guys are banged up, you know, week six, seven, eight, it's it's a long way to go to week 13 for you to finally get a break. With that said, I, I do agree with your point as well. It could go either way, right? If they're about to make a playoff push, then week 13 is a terrific time for a buy. And they're going to get another mini buy a couple of weeks after this, by the way. Yeah. So I'll get in, we'll get into that. But if you're, if you've got a good record, you're about to make a playoff push then it comes at the perfect time. But if you're struggling, if you're about 500 guys are banged up and they, you know, then, then you could use that week eight, nine or 10 by as well. I think so. We'll we'll see how it plays out. Uh, it could really go either way. In my opinion. I mean, honestly, even if you are struggling a little bit, like it gives you a chance to gear up for the final stretch and go on a run. If you have to go four and one over your last five games to like make the playoffs or whatever, like at least you're coming off your, your, your rested, your most rested point there to make a run like that. So I think it benefits you in multiple ways. And I agree if you're banged up early on, but you know, guys will sit out a week or two here and there against the jets and the Jags if they have to. And you just have somebody step up for a week and, and make the most to make it happen. Like that's, that's this whole sport. People are always going to be banged up. People are always going to be missing time. So you just have to trust that your depth can get the job done or else they shouldn't be on the roster. Right. Uh, that, that's a good point, right? There are some games, maybe maybe Houston, week 11, right? Maybe that's one a couple guys can sit out or maybe Jacksonville week five, as you mentioned, New York week four. So hopefully you get a couple of, and there'll be other teams that are you know worse than we think they're going to be potentially, right? You never know. Maybe, you know, Josh Allen doesn't play in that game or Patrick Mahomes doesn't play in that game, right? A lot of unforeseen circumstances that can occur. So uh, if they can get some rest elsewhere, I think that'll be beneficial because week 13, it, it, it is a bit on the later side. Right. And coming out of their bye, they stay at home, which is nice, to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in the second matchup of that season series, their fifth divisional game, another 12 p.m. Central kickoff time, week 14. And if the Titans are are struggling coming out of the bye or heading into the bye, this will be a nice chance to try to get back on track. And if they are rolling heading into the bye, this will be a nice chance to keep it going. So I think this is a pretty nice matchup coming out of the bye to have what should be one of the softer teams on their schedule. Yeah, definitely nice to come out of the bye and, and get Jacksonville here for the second and final time. It's week 14. You'd like to think that they, they should be able to sweep the Jaguars this year. Uh, again, uh, you can get yourself in trouble chalking up wins, as, as we said. But second time you see Jacksonville, the last one, it's week 14 coming off the bye. And uh, you know, by, by this point, you're hoping the Jags aren't playing for a whole lot. So uh, could, could could be an easy one, hopefully. So which game here, this week 14 matchup or the week five matchup, which game will Tim Tebow catch a touchdown pass against the Titans? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say week five. Is Bleedy Ray Wilson still in Tennessee? Is he going to cover him? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thankfully, no. Um, after that, they head over It'll be Rashawn to... Evans in coverage, right? <laughs> oh, oh, no question. No question. <laughs> so after that game, they'll head out to Pittsburgh for week 15 to take on the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger returning for what could be his final season. They ended up getting all their receivers back with Juju Smith-Schuster. They drafted Najee Harris in the first round. So week 15, this could be a big game. Who knows what the Steelers are going to look like this season. I feel like they're the team that could fall off at any moment. We saw how much worse they were down the stretch last year compared to the beginning of the season when they started 11-0. So this could be uh, an interesting game. That I mean, this is this is one you just have no idea sitting here on May 13th, looking ahead to the schedule, how how good or how difficult this matchup will be. I agree with you. I have no idea what to make of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, we saw them really fall off a cliff towards the end of the season last year. They by the end of the year, they didn't even look like a playoff team. Right. And, and they got destroyed in the first round by the Browns. But uh, no, I will say Najee Harris, I think, was a terrific pick for them. A terrific pick for it makes a lot of sense from a scheme perspective. I think it makes a lot of sense from an identity perspective, how they want to build that culture uh, or continue to build that culture there in Pittsburgh. It comes down to the O-line. I know a lot of their fans, a lot of their writers that I interact with on Twitter, guys that I call friends, they expected them to draft O-line a little earlier than they did. So that's a bit of a surprise. But if, if the O-line is doing its job and Najee Harris is running the ball, 
like I, he's fully capable of doing, then that's going to help Ben Roethlisberger so much. I think he's at a point of in his career where we have to be realistic. He's not going to carry that offense anymore. I don't think he's going to put the team on his back. He needs help. Last year, they, they had a non-existent running game. It was horrible. They had no help there in the, in the running. It was, it was just god-awful. Najee Harris is going to change that for them. As long as the O-line's doing their job, I think there's a chance that Pittsburgh will be pretty good because you're huge contribution coming from Najee Harris. I agree. So ultimately I do think it's a tougher matchup uh, rather than an easier one. And then four days later, the Titans will stay at home or will come back home to host the San Francisco 49ers in their third and final primetime game of the year. This one on Thursday night football, 7.20 PM kickoff kickoff time on NFL network, their week 16 game. Could this be the fourth rookie quarterback they face? Will Trey Lance be starting by week 16? That is the biggest question to me about this matchup. They could face up. I mean, I don't know who else you were accounting, but I guess Trevor Lawrence twice. Trevor Zach Lawrence, Wilson. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, Davis Mills. <laughs> hey, Davis Mills could be starting for the, you, for the you never know. Davis Mills in Houston. Uh, hey, Ian Book could be starting for the Saints. Uh, let's not get carried away now. <laughs> now, now we're getting carried away. Hey, no, Sam Ellinger could be starting for the Colts. Is that where you went? Did you go to the Colts? Yes. Oh, I know you hate that there, but um, hook them right. But uh, this is this is you know what it's it's a sh- I hate that it's a bit of it's a short week, but I mean it's also a short week for San Francisco, of course. I I, I think right? Do we know? Yeah, it is a short week for San Francisco. They play at home against the Atlanta Falcons in Week 15. So, you know, this being a short week for both of them, at least, you know, Tennessee gets to go back home for Pittsburgh. It's not far. For San Fran, that's a long way, right, going to Tennessee. So I'd say ten- Tennessee's got the advantage there, playing at home on the short week against a team that's coming across the country to, to play against them. Um, you know what? We, You and I both left this out of our top three, I guess, because we had the same top three with the Rams, uh, the Bills, and the Chiefs. This one's right up there for me. Number four, probably. Nate can contend with number three with the Rams because this is prime time. It's two days before Christmas. It's a Thursday nighter. It's Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers, an offense again that we know very well, that Shanahan knows very well, let's be honest. It could be against Trey Lance. I mean, I'm excited for this game. I'm really excited for this game. Yeah, and this could be a party at Nissan Stadium. If people take Christmas Eve off that Friday the 24th or if you get that off of work because Christmas is on a Saturday this year, and you don't have to work that Friday and you go to this, you get off early maybe on that Thursday and head down to the stadium to tailgate. I think this could be a really fun game to go to. And it might be one that if I lived in Nashville, I would be heavily considering, but I don't think I'd be able to make it given that Christmas is just a couple days later. But yeah, this is definitely a top game for the Titans. The Niners should be one of the best teams they play this year. If all goes according to plan in San Francisco, no matter who the quarterback is. And I think that, if Jimmy G is still the quarterback by week 16, that means the Niners are having a great season because if they're not having a great season, I think they put Trey Lance in way earlier. So this could be a tough game. I don't really like this Thursday night game being in week 16 with a week 13 bye. I like a week 13 bye. I like a late Thursday night game, but I don't like both. I wish that the Titans Thursday night game could have been maybe a little sooner in the season. Right. Uh, if you're going to flip it with a primetime game, that Monday night football game against Buffalo, you make that a Thursday game coming off the Jaguars game, I think that would have been a lot better place for it. Give the Titans that little mini buy halfway to their actual buy. But, you know, worst case scenario, you get healthy and rest up for your last two games before the playoffs. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but I kind of wish they had spaced it out a little bit with the actual buy. I agree with you, right? Because this is all you almost feel like from this game to the next, it's almost like a second buy. Right. And, and if you could have that spaced out, that would be so ideal. It gives you two buys spaced out more time for guys to get healthy, banged up, yada, yada, two different periods of the season. Unfortunately, it comes so soon after their actual buy that it probably won't be that useful from a getting healthy rest up perspective. Um, but it is what it is. It's, it's another bye week, uh, essentially, and you just got to make the most of it. I think it may or may or may not increase or decrease the chances that the Titans sit guys late in the year. And obviously it depends on their record and playoff situation and other teams playoff situations. But, you know, I don't know how good Miami and Houston are going to be, but those are the last two games, week 17 and 18. There's a chance the Titans 
could be in a position where they don't have to play all their starters in both of those games, but they do anyway because they're coming off a mini buy. You know what I mean? It's possible. So with that said, we will go on to their Week 17 game, another home game, two in a row, their second t- second instance of two home games in a row, and host the Miami Dolphins, expecting Tua Tungavailoa to be the quarterback still, I assume. Uh, Brian Flores and Mike Brabel, I don't know. Do they have overlap? They're both from New England, so they might have overlapped a little bit, right? I don't know. That, that could be an I interesting... I don't think they did. <laughs> uh, rookie Jalen Waddell coming to town. Will Fuller, former Houston Texan. Other than that, though, I don't know if this game has a lot of interesting storylines, and I'm frankly, this is one of the more boring games to me on the schedule. You know, where I'll disagree with you, and I'm not just doing it to play devil's advocate, I think the Titans and Dolphins are both going to be good enough here where neither of them are probably in a comfortable playoff position, but both are right there, either just on the inside or just on the outside looking in. And the Titans could have a one game lead in the division. They could be a game back. I'd be shocked that there's a huge gap between the Titans and the Colts. And, And that's either way. I don't know. The Titans are in first by a whole lot or they're in second by a whole lot. But I think this week 17 game is going to be important. I think both of these teams in the AFC are going to be still jockeying for playoff position. Second last week of the season, it's a, it's a, it's a conference game. That could make it a really big game. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. This probably will be, at the very least, a playoff seeding determinant or it very well could knock one of these two teams out of the playoffs. Wild one card, of those. you never know. We saw it last year when the Raiders played the Dolphins late in the year, and it was like both of these teams have to win to stay in the playoff hunt. I could see that kind of situation arising in this matchup when they meet in Week 17 this year. And then in Week 18, the Titans finished the season on the road against the Houston Texans, another 12 p.m. Central kickoff time, and the chance to close out the season, their last divisional game, their sixth divisional game. As I mentioned, the NFL likes to schedule all divisional games in the final week of the season, and this is no exception. So this second matchup with Houston could ha- could be huge for the Titans, or things could be locked up by then. But either way, you know they'll, Derrick Henry will be trying to rush for some crazy number of yards in this game, right? <laughs> <laughs> As he always does. You know what? This is a terrific final game for the Titans. If they do need to win this game to get into the playoffs, you're probably feeling really good. You know, you're feeling pretty good, right, about the opponent. By then, you know, and I know I said that whole thing earlier about Deshaun Watson making it tough. He he probably, he might not be starting by this week. If, you know, they're probably not really in the playoff hunt. They might, you know, either he's no longer there or they're not in the playoff picture and they sit him, yada, yada, and they give Davis Mills a chance, right, to make a starter or whatever. Um, You got to feel great about this game, right? If you need a win, you'll feel good about the opponent. And if you don't need a win, you just rest them up. It's Houston. It's probably not going to be a big deal. So uh, this is, this is a great, great scenario for the Titans. How many times have they played Houston in a row? I feel like what last year, obviously, I think the year before they were the last game of the year as well. Yep. That's right. I think they needed to win that one to get in. This is the third year in a row. And the third year in a row, they're finishing with the Texans. That's crazy to me. The Colts Sunday night football game was the year before that last houston one. Oh yes that was and that was tough. that was when mariota couldn't go right yeah. playoffs were on the line and it was blaine gabbert that was fun yep so hopefully we don't have any situation like that this year overall thoughts on the schedule i think it's it's fine warren sharp does his schedule strength of schedule predictions by vegas win totals and overall i think strength of schedule predictions are pretty much a waste of time because you have no idea who's going to get hurt and how teams are going to morph and change throughout the year. And there's always teams that are good that we thought of as bottom of the barrel before the season starts. And there's always teams that we expected to be good that end up in the mix for a top five pick that we didn't expect. So I am generally not a fan of looking at strength of schedule over at all, really. But I will say Vegas win totals have proven to be the most predictive and the most accurate in terms of strength of schedule. So Warren Sharp's got the Titans at the 13th hardest strength of schedule. One thing that I think is interesting, the Titans get nine home games because of the 17th game on the schedule this year. The Titans drew a lucky straw and they get to play at home. I don't know if that means that they automatically play nine road games next year or if it's just a coin flip every year. I would think it does too, but then do you run into the point where if everybody's rotating eventually after like five or six years or so, do you run out of options and you have to play on the road 
nine times, two years in a row just to make it all work? Or I mean, so I'm not sure if it's always just going to flip back and forth like that. I honestly have no idea. Maybe it will. But for this year, at least, the Titans benefit, and they get a ninth home game, which which is obviously nice. And then three primetime games. I'm fine with that number. I think that's a pretty good number. And you have a chance if the Titans are a good team or an interesting team at the end of the season to be flexed into what amounts to more or less primetime slot or a Saturday slot that may not be technically primetime, but would be like a national game. So I think three is a great number to go into the season with, with the hopes of getting a fourth maybe very late in the year. Yeah, I think three is a nice number. I, I think Minnesota and Vegas got four, and that, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think Titans probably more deserving of a fourth than those teams are, but it is what it is. Three, you certainly don't feel disrespected, right? It, it's, it's a good number, and I'm a fan of this schedule. I think it's tough. I agree with you. Strength of schedule, all that is largely a waste of time. With that said, I will contradict myself and say, starting off with Arizona, playing Seattle in week two, having that stretch where you go Buffalo, KC, Indy, Rams, Saints, uh, you get New England a couple weeks later, Pittsburgh, San Francisco. It's a tough schedule, but it's a fun schedule, and it's an exciting schedule. They're going to see a lot of exciting guys, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, um, uh, potentially Trey Lance late on in the year, Trevor Lawrence twice, of course, a new look Colts with Carson Wentz. Uh, this, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. I'm ready for this schedule. There are a lot of great games on here, and uh, it's tough. Don't get me wrong. It could be easier, but I think it's going to make for a lot of exciting football games. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of cool narratives we touched on as we went through that schedule there, but a lot of players that left the Titans this year coming back home to play a game against them in Malcolm Butler and Corey Davis and Jonu Smith, and then the potential to play all those rookie quarterbacks is a pretty fun schedule quirk as well. So I'm looking forward to those elements and those aspects of it, and I think you're going to be able to find a lot of narratives to to drive storylines heading into each game this year. Absolutely. And you know what, if they, the, the more rookie quarterbacks they play, the better. I, I don't Absolutely. think they'll be complaining about if you get Mac Jones in week 12, you're, you're, you're probably pretty happy with that. If you get Trey Lance in week 16, you're happy with that. If you get Davis Mills once or twice at all, yeah, at all, you're really happy with that. So uh, a lot of interesting uh, matchups here and some, if it goes that way uh, with the rookies, then it's going to favor the Titans. And who knows if Ben Roethlisberger is still starting by week 15 or if he's say, even could still be Mason playing. Rudolph. He could be retired by week 15. <laughs> could be Mason Rudolph. Yeah, and and I think that that's the, the quirks of the NFL schedules. You never know. I mean, every year there's quarterbacks starting games late in the year that you never expected to be starting. starting. So you just have to hope that the Titans can stay healthy and keep their guys on the field and not be one of those teams that loses a key starter because – to me, that has way more impact on your season than your strength of schedule anyway. So overall, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun season. Obviously, every season is a fun season, but it's cool that they the matchups they've drawn when they've drawn them. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Do you got a, do you have a record prediction here? I will go with eleven and six. 11 and six. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I'm, I don't want to copy you. I was going to say 11 and six, but because you did, I'll go more optimistic, baby. The 12 and five AFC South champion Titans. I think they can do that. Why not? It'll be tough. It'll be tough. I, I, I was somewhere in between 10 and seven and 11 and six, and I feel good about 11 and six. I'll say that. It's tough because you never know how those first two games are going to go, and I think that that could end up shaping the record a lot. But if they come away from those first two games 2-0, and they have a real good shot at starting 5-0. and And they st- they started, were they 5-0 and last year when they played Pittsburgh, or were they 4-0 and when they played? I think they were 4-0 and when they played Pittsburgh. But, um, I mean, was that right? I can't remember anymore. That was a matchup of undefeated teams. So you could, if they start the season 5-0, and which I think is fully in the realm of possibility, you could have a really interesting matchup with Buffalo in week six where both of those teams are heading into that game undefeated. I think that's very viable. That would be crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to say that's not going to happen. I'll be shocked if they, those first four games, Arizona, Seattle, or first five games, Arizona, Seattle, Indianapolis, New York, Jacksonville. I mean, a couple of those could be cupcakes, you hope, Jacksonville, New York. But uh, Arizona, Seattle, you win both of those games, hell, I, I'll be really, really impressed. I think it's possible just because Arizona is a tough team, but I think that, you know, watching those Bud Dupree cut-ups and, and looking at his film after the Titans signed him, 
the Steelers, obviously the Steelers had a great defense, but they played against Arizona really well. And Bud Dupree particularly set the edge well against Kyler Murray's rushing ability, able to bring him down in the backfield on multiple occasions and just really do a good job containing what is a dynamic player. And if the additions on defense are gelling early in the year, I think that's the big question mark is how long does it take all these new secondary pieces? I mean, everyone in the secondary pretty much is new except for Christian Fulton and he barely played last year. So how long does that take to gel? I think is a big question mark, but if they can get running, if they can get their feet under them quickly, I know I'm being optimistic, but I think it's perfectly in the realm of possibility. Seattle, traditionally a slow starting team, Indianapolis, if Carson Wentz is is not that good, if they don't have a left tackle figured out, if who, who'd they sign? Eric Fisher, he tore his Achilles in January. Is he going to be ready by week one? Is he going to be ready by week three? So I think that there's, I think you look at it, start to look at it that way, and it's definitely viable. I'm not expecting it by any means, but if they are able to do that, they're on the road to having what would amount to a pretty great season record-wise, I think. Yeah, I agree. That's probably going to be Sam Tevy at left tackle for the Colts in week three as, as, at backup, right? Uh, backup tackle there. Uh, so the, the, a bit of a break there, maybe, not getting Eric Fisher in week three. I mean, I don't know how good he's going to be anyway, but uh, right. probably better than their backup there. So you, you do catch a, a, a tiny little break there. Right. So any other any other notes or thoughts on the schedule? Any other unlucky, lucky thoughts here as you look at things or no i mean one thing i'll say is a lot of really good head coaches on the schedule right getting mm-hmm. getting a pete carroll obviously you know they get frank reich twice every year but and robert salah you know for the for the first time uh getting uh getting urban meyer twice will be interesting but sean mcdermott uh andy reed sean mcveigh sean payton bill Belichick. Uh, Mike Tomlin, a lot of real, Brian Flores, Kyle Shanahan, a lot of really good head coaches on the schedule. Probably something we should have talked about a little more. Yeah. And a lot of guys named Sean. A lot of guys named Sean. <laughs> and a lot of young guys. Cliff Kingsbury, too, right? Another young hotshot. So, right. really interesting division. schedule from, from all angles coaching, players, uh, conference, out of conference games, prime time. Just, I, I think, honestly, this is the most fun I've ever had looking and breaking down a Titan schedule. I agree. I'm usually not into the whole schedule release thing. I'm always like, we already know the opponents. Who cares about the schedule? But this year I'm looking at it like, yeah, but what about primetime games? What about the bye week? What about this and that? I'm actually into it this year. So I had fun doing this with you tonight, buddy. This was a lot of fun and I can't wait to get to actual football uh, a while away, unfortunately. But, you know, we'll still have some good stuff to talk about over these next couple of weeks. Rookie minicamp just kicking off. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of fun clips there and, and news and notes. So excited to jump into that and, and see how these rookies look from day one. It's officially hype season. Every team in the NFL <laughs> thinks they got better for the most part. Maybe not every team, but almost every team thinks they got better this offseason. And they're looking forward to seeing their new pieces in action when when OTAs start and when training camp eventually gets here. Can I say something? Oh yeah. Somewhere in some place in an alternate universe, in an alternate timeline, Justin Hunter is making a lot of plays for a team during training camp. <laughs> as Justin as Hun- is tradition. <laughs> this is Justin Hunter's season. Maybe Trey McBride too. Let's get wild. Right. I mean, Devontae Parker's been that guy for the last few years, so I can't wait to see which guys get needlessly hyped up as training camp arrives. And but who we are, are you kidding? A far away You're going to be leading the hype train. Oh, for the Titans players, absolutely. If Des Fitzpatrick <laughs> makes one catch that gets caught on camera, we are hyping him to the moon. I don't maybe. care if he's wide open. <laughs> I don't care if he he's wide open. I don't care if the QB, I don't care if it's Pat O'Hara throwing it to him in warm-up. Yeah, I mean, if he catches a ball on camera, I'm gonna be psyched. We're getting, we're making hype videos. We're putting mute. We're getting, and this isn't a slight at Des Fitzpatrick whatsoever, by the way. In case you're listening and think it is, that is the Titans film room way. He's gonna cut it up. He's gonna make a video. He's gonna slow it down. Probably add a Johnny Cash song to it. Who knows? <laughs> right. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. We will be back next week to continue the off-season slog. Maybe we'll interview somebody. Who knows? You never know what's going to happen in life. So stay tuned for whatever could come. In the meantime, be sure you're checking out broadwaysportsmedia.com. Be sure you're subscribing to the podcast. Be sure you're giving us a five-star rating or review because that helps us grow and spread the show to new listeners, which this is the time of year where you start 
looking around for content because content is at an all-time low with just nothing happening in the NFL. And thankfully, they gave us this schedule release two weeks after the draft instead of two weeks before the draft like they used to do. But the last few years, they've been giving it to us after the draft prolong the, the content season. Yeah, much smarter this way. I'm, I'm surprised it took them this long. I'm, they know what they're doing now because before the two weeks before the draft, you don't need anything. Everyone's just talking about the draft. Right. right. So putting this two weeks after was was a great way to do it. So uh, you said it there. Make sure you're headed over to Broadway uh, broadwaysportsmedia.com. I've got so much content coming for you this week, starting on Monday. Um, the UDFA series, as I mentioned, getting to know these guys. I've done. I've had some great conversations with guys who have a good chance of making the team. You know, BYU old lineman Chandon Herring has uh, been getting a lot of a lot of love on social recently and, and Titans Twitter for a good reason. I had a terrific conversation with him. I'm I'm excited to unleash that. One thing I forgot to mention and tease. I'm not just interviewing the UDFA class. I did just catch up with Des Fitzpatrick, Titans draft pick. I had a terrific conversation with Des Fitzpatrick. I'll probably lead the week off with that. So look out for that on Monday. Uh, Really give that a read because Des and I, we had a great time together. Nice. That's exciting. We're definitely looking forward to all the great things you have in store. And we can find them on your Twitter feed at Justin M underscore NFL. Be sure you're following. You can find me at Titans Film Room. That's it for this episode. We'll be back next week. Until then, continue staying safe out there. Get your shot and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.